So many of my listeners know that I live in far north Queensland, Airlie Beach. And while I've been here for about 10 years, I kept seeing this marketing agency pop up. Now, when I went down to the Gold Coast last year for the Osmum conference, I saw this woman walk into the room and she was wearing a bright orange flower in her hair. She was walking, talking and living her brand. And I knew exactly who she was. She was Jodie Lee Yule from Red Hot Blue, a marketing agency in Mackay, an hour and a half from my house. But I had seen her brand. I knew her brand. And when I saw her in person, it was it. Jody is a perfect example of walking your brand, talking your brand and being your brand. And she has been in business for 25 years. It is an incredible story that she has that she is sharing with us today. And also lots of lessons about, you know, staying focused on your own path, not looking over your shoulder not diluting your messaging and really how to move your business forward and even how to get started when you're coming to marketing. This is a long episode, but it is so worth it. And I have just loved my conversation with Jodie Lee Yu. And I am about to share that with you right now. So let's dive in. Hey, hey there, you are listening to the Boss Motive Podcast, where I'm sharing all the tools, tips, and mindset tricks to build a successful business whilst living a life you love and avoiding the burnout. Ever wondered what it takes to live in a tropical paradise, run successful businesses, and work from home whilst raising kids? Well, listen up, friends, as I am sharing my story of how I've done this, along with interviews from other incredible entrepreneurs who are also living their best life. My name is Liz Morris, and this is the No BS Podcast, where I'm digging deep into what it actually takes to define your success and live a life you were put on this earth for. Haven't found your motive yet? Come in closer. We may just have the answer. Well, hey, Jodie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You are one of my favorite, most vibrant people. Whenever you walk into a room, you're so well presented, like you walk your brand. So I'm so excited that you're here to talk all about how you've navigated your business over, what, 25 years, all the different changes in the marketing world. Like we have so much to talk about, but I'm going to let you do the introduction because please tell me whereabouts you are in beautiful Australia and a little bit about your business journey. Thank you so much, Liz. It's so lovely to be here and, and um, talk with you this morning. Um, so, my name is Jodie Lee Yula, um, located in beautiful Mackay um, along the Whitsunday Coast, not far from where you are. And, <laughs> the road. Uh, yeah, celebrating 25 years in business um, as of September this year. So, uh, makes me feel a little old when I say that, uh, although I was 23 when I started. So, if I, um, I guess if I wind back to that moment, I, I always knew in high school that I did want to uh, run my own creative agency one day. I didn't have a clue what that would look like, of course. And after heading away and studying and, and coming back and working for a little bit, I uh, embarked on the journey of launching Red Hot Blue from my mum and dad's rompus room. And it got to a point where I knew I had to move out where dad would be, you know, like almost it was like an obstacle course sidestepping all of my projects across the floor and poor mum, her ironing board I'd use to, you know, lay out all my projects. So 
uh, ventured into my own office space, uh, I think it was about six months after I actually kick-started Red Hot Blue and um, we've had quite a few different homes, um, home office, you know, environments or which in the city centre of Mackay um, over that time and, yeah, here we are 25 years later. <laughs> survived. <laughs> Yay, that's so amazing. And so tell me about the evolution. So you started your business before you had children and then um, we were talking about this before I hit record and how did that transition happen from being the working business lady to then having beautiful babies? How did you feel about that big change yeah. and how did, what did it look like? Yeah, so um, I have two daughters, two beautiful daughters, Tia and Piper, who are 15 and 13. So I was, I guess, very fortunate that I had, you know, over a decade worth of business um, experience and and time in business before they came along and a lot of learning along the way, mind you. Um, I credit so much of that journey and growth in business to, you know, clients and to family and friends, but also to some really incredible business mentors that I had along the way. Um, I always talk about Darren Jennings particularly. He was a mentor of our mine for three years. We were finalists in the Telstra Small Business Awards in 2003 in the top five in the state and he was one of the judges. And I always say that he took me under his wing, but he always say I just latched on and didn't let go for three <laughs> years. But he taught me how to use the other side of my brain, which from a creative, um, you know, I was just this sponge of wanting to soak up all I could to learn about business because I was, at the end of the day, I was a graphic designer. Um, I didn't have business experience. So it was a lot of learning along the way. But when he opened my mind up to using both sides of my brain and not just the creative space was where we really saw the business grow and thrive and all sorts of systems and procedures, um, you know, put in place, which was wonderful because what that did mean was that by the time um, Tia came along, I was able to step away and know that the business could continue to grow and thrive. Um, Little did I know, though, that I would actually admit to myself how much I loved motherhood. So I was, you know, always this busy person, um, always coming up with what was the next idea. Um, there was no time for motherhood in amongst that. And I think I remember my mum at my 30th birthday party that was circus-themed, so always over-the-top birthday parties, always-themed, um, saying, you know, Jody, you are 30 not three. Do you think there's ever going to be children? I'm like, yeah, mum, plenty of time for that. Um, so anyway, Tia came along when I was 32 and um, I always thought that I would, you know, possibly go back to work full time, you know, once she was maybe four months, six months old. And around that five-month mark, I just went, I actually love being a mum and I'm never going to get this time back. It's so precious I want to be a part of this journey and so I ended up actually putting on a manager um, and I worked two days a week and I spent the rest of that time, you know, with Tia and then as Piper came along. But what it did mean is that I had a, a big crossroad that I had to make a decision and that was about stepping away from being on the tools, the hands-on designer, which is what... I studied, it was what my passion, my love was. Um, 
But I did. I, I made that decision because for me it was not fair to sort of expect my staff to have to, you know, pick up my projects and then clients be waiting and, um, you know, and I don't regret it for a moment. And what it did allow me to do was then work more on the business um, and then consulting with clients and working with the creative team. So, yeah. That's um, an incredible journey. And oh, I totally resonate with you when you talk about how you were, because I was standing, I still remember the day standing at my corporate career and I was climbing the corporate ladder quick. Like I had gone up for, I think, six levels in like a matter of a couple of years. Like it was just wow. dumping. And I was, at, I was like, about to go on maternity leave like the day before and there was a childcare centre across the road and someone said to me, oh, you won't be back. And I was like, heck, yeah, I'll be back in six months. (laughs) I go, see that childcare centre over there? My baby's going to be dropped off at 8 o'clock in the morning and I'll be picking her up at 6. And and I was so convinced. And then they give you this baby and you're like, oh, I don't want to leave it. (laughs) Absolutely. And And it's um, fun. I'll never forget, it was a lady, I don't even know her, she was a stranger in a park one day and I was there with the pram and she said to me, we got talking, and she said, you will never regret not working all these hours but what you will regret is the moments you miss in time and it just struck a chord with me and I thought, you're right, I'm never going to get back, you know, tear at two months old or, you know, at one or those first steps or those first words or the the painting the pictures and the playing in the sandpit or all just the mundane things as well. I won't get those things back, but work will always be there. So it was this real light bulb moment for me and there was just no hesitation. It was like that's what needs to be done. Yeah, so absolutely. And I had the exact same experience with somebody saying that to me when my baby was only little, like probably an older person might have been the same person. I don't know. But um, yeah, saying how important it is now. And I say that to my clients all the time, like my coaching clients. I'm like, this is precious. You know, in this day and age, we're not retiring at 55 like our parents did. We can be working till we're 80. <laughs> like we, and we're so wrong. <laughs> because we have technology it's not like the old laboring days and I'm like if you only just take that 10 years in the beginning with your babies you'll never regret that and I'm really big on women designing their life with like their business with their lifestyle in mind and their family in mind and not keeping them as separate entities like you you know it's not like old school you go to work and you work there and then you come home and you're here for the small business owners, we are so ingrained in both and having that balance and people go, there's no such thing as balance. I'm like, heck yes, there is because it's about priorities. And if your babies are a priority, you're going to make your business work because you're going to be mindful of the tasks you're doing and um, really, you know, mindful of the time you have with your children if that's what you want. But it's about, you know, being aware of it and how it can work. And I love that you did that. Um, with that in mind, and here I am going on my little tangent. But <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> how did you go? Like you, how did you even get into that space? So, as a creative, you—it's really hard to give up the ropes because we're the creative people, and it's like. And but I never really wanted to go down the agency path. So, how did you get your mind around the agency and creating an agency? Was that always something that you were going to do? 
Yeah, look, I mean, um, I guess as a, if you ask mum and dad as a young child, I was always drawing, always creating. Um, I know mum and dad talk about my cubby houses were the most elaborate in the street. Um, nothing was ever done on a small scale and just a really energetic kind of kid, um, you know, always with this big imagination. So I think that's always been a part of me. Uh, during high school, like there was no real understanding as to what you could do as a creative person. So, you know, we're going back over 30 years ago now. Um, it's really showing my age, isn't it? <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the best advice I could get from the career officer was, um, you know, I don't know, be an artist. And I knew that's not the space I wanted to be, Um I was more interested in creating and designing and producing than fine art. I really was into photography in a big way um, during high school and had my little dark room at home in mum and dad's um, storeroom um, back in the day, pre-digital, you know, when you processed your own negatives and your own prints. So yeah, I did that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm the same age. <laughs> There's something really, really special about developing those negatives and the reveal of what you've captured and then as you expose it and the reveal of the photo coming through in the developer there's something really special about that yeah, that I, I don't think people understand that ever like the, my kids don't get it and I, yeah that was definitely something it's magical it's so it magical <laughs> yeah so you know um I, I was very fortunate I stumbled across um the old QTAC book so, again, for listeners out there that are in the digital space and these, these big, big books that we had, and there was an ad in there for Design College Australia. And uh, we made contact. They had a workshop that you could do on the school holidays in Brisbane. And I flew down and all of a sudden this world of graphic design and advertising opened up to me. So, in that moment, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, out of high school, she'd already, she, she actually only took a small quota on each uh, year because it was a private college. So she'd already filled her quota for that year ahead. So I had a year after high school to sort of go, what am I going to do? Um, I'd won some awards at the RNA, the Royal National Association, um, the show in Brisbane with my photography. So I put my portfolio together, I approached the Daily Mercury. And I actually scored a job as a um, photojournalist. Um, oh, wow. Here I stayed here. And that was a learning because I was 17. Um, I remember being in the newsroom, getting the briefing. They threw you the assignments. They threw you the keys and said, go and get the photos. The, the prints need to be back on the um, chief of staff's desk by 5 p.m. And off I went. Yeah. Um and it was an incredible year. It was a sink or swim moment. And me, my nature has never been to sink. It's swim, even if you're, you know, gasping for air and drowning and struggling. It's keep your head above water and keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and, yeah, so I, I learned so much in that time. But then at the end of that time, I did go away and I studied. And I, again, loved every moment of that. At the end of my study, I actually started up a business with two guys that I went to college with, dismal failure, um, <laughs> but again, another huge learning. Um, so all of these sorts of things, and I remember mum and dad would say to me along the way, it's all good character building, Jodie, you know, so 
lots of learning along the way. Um, long story short, after freelancing in Brisbane for quite a few years, which uh, was wonderful, the buzz, the thrill of the chase, of where was I going to be this week and, you know, different people, different projects, I did decide I missed home. Uh, I missed my surroundings of Mackay, my family, and I just wanted a job, to be honest, where I knew who I was working with week in, week out. So I moved back home. Um, I ended up back at the Daily Mercury in the advertising department on this time. So that was writing the ads and designing them, but with a view in mind that within two years I would start up my own business. And that's exactly what I did. So yeah. I got to about two and a half years and went, you know, you're 23, Jody. you've got nothing to lose. I'm a big believer in living by that, you know, no regrets. Um, so through caution to the wind and and that's what I did. So, and look, early days, obviously, um, I think there were so many people in the Mackay region that were looking at me as if to say, who is this, who is this girl and what is she doing? I had like a little Beetle, little... Um, <laughs> Volkswagen 63 model Volkswagen that I branded up with red hot blue um everything I did was different it was about making sure that right from the get-go that brand um people sat up and noticed and even down to little things um you know again this is pre-digital age so to reach people you had to be really creative in how you were going to do that and I created these little boxes and then it had little peanuts and a little brochure I designed that basically said, in a nutshell, Red Hot Blue can do whatever you need. Um, I picked out 10 key businesses in the region and hand-delivered them. And ironically, I picked up eight clients from that, but none of them were the 10 that I had hand-delivered that to. So they had shown people and talked about it. So the power of, you know, um, doing something that really truly represents, I think, your brand and the message that you're trying to deliver is just as important today in the digital space as it was hand-delivering those 10 little boxes, you know, 25 years ago. Um, yeah, so never been afraid to, I guess, um, be in my own skin and, and be true to who I am and the brand of Red Hot Blue. Yeah, I love that so much. And the fact, Jodie, that you came back and you were, you brought with you this spark and you didn't let a small town dull that spark. I think that <laughs> is incredible because that can happen. Like in, in honesty, we, we come out and we be creative and then sometimes it can be squished or people don't understand it and it can be really hard to make your mark. So. Oh, yeah. I was kind of heading in a different direction, but you answered all my questions. I was like, how did you get back here? But I love that. I love that you came back to Mackay and that everybody gets your um, presence in Mackay. So tell me about some of the small town obstacles, you know, because you are talking about a time that wasn't digital. And we, and this is what I love about you, is that you still use old school marketing to, and I'm big on this because I ran my business in small town Neely Beach with no really no online presence for nine years. It was like a Facebook page that I'd put up a few people's photos. So I love that you have really focused, you still use old school marketing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what are the, some of the challenges people face, uh, small businesses in remote regional areas and how, how can they really, I guess really how do they make a standout brand firstly, 
without having to be super elaborate. Yeah. So I guess um, to answer um, a couple of those components of your questions. <laughs> Sorry, it was a long question. No, no. No, it's, it's awesome. So absolutely right. Like early days, uh, it was, I got a lot of pushback, a lot of, you can't do that, Jody. This is Mackay. This isn't how we do it here. Um, you know, that's not just going to fly here. I think, though, when you believe in yourself, I truly and utterly have always been so convicted to an idea. So if I have an idea and I truly believe in it, um, I don't think anyone can pull me down. Um, I've also been very fortunate that I've had so many um, cheerleaders in my space too, like real support. So like mum and dad who don't come from a business background, don't come from that design creative background, they never, ever deterred me from it. They just trusted in me, believed in me and, um, you know, went along for the journey. And my mum actually worked at Red Hot Blue for 10 years. Wow. Um, She did all the invoicing because I would be too busy moving on to the next job and not charging anyone Mm -hmm. and clients would be saying, are you going to send us a bill? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So mum came in and said, Jodie, I think I need to take care of your finances. (laughs) For 10 years she did with me and dad, of course, you know, was the, the office renovator or the key painter or removalist and then obviously my husband and and friends and those sorts of things. So as much as there's been people over the years who have told me you can't do that, I think real self-belief in myself, in what I wanted to deliver and having some amazing people around me has really propelled me to be able to stay focused Um, and, and I think that comes, like, it's what I try and instill in my girls too, like, be you. Do you know what? Like, there's, there's no one better than you. Um, be who you are because everyone else is taken. So just be you and believe in what you are doing and um, the rest will fall, fall around you, you know, and you'll attract those like-minded people, which for me is, I guess, what happened. And when you can... Um, have a clear vision, and I think that was important to having this really clear vision. Um, people then want to come on that journey with you. So, yeah, um, where I was located never factored into my mind, and I think that was a big part of it too. It's like I don't, it doesn't matter whether Red Hot Blue was in Mackay, in a tiny little, um, you know, mining town, or whether we're in, you know, New York City. I don't think I would have had a different approach because for me it was about this is what we're doing. This yes. is the and this is what we're delivering. So I think that's a big thing for people to uh, when they're starting out in business. Um, don't think small just because of where you perhaps live. Um, yeah. think of what you what you want to achieve and then set about doing that. Um so that's that's always been my philosophy, and I, I live by my my motto is create without limitations, um, and that for me represents you know obviously yes in business you've got budgets you've got overheads you've got um, clients and all of those sorts of things, but it's about how you navigate that to look beyond some of those restrictions. So create without limitations, no matter what you do. That's that's my big. Um, takeaway I think Um, as far as old school absolutely so that's probably been the greatest adaption that I've had to look at and consider from a business perspective over 25 years and 
we were talking about it again the other day that when I started out, um, we didn't have internet um, <laughs> and we had the good old fax and you'd check the fax machine. And then over time when emails, these things called emails came about, we would crawl under the desk and we'd pull out the plug that hooked into the fax and we put in the put it in on the internet. We'd dial up, we'd check what emails we had, we'd answer them, we'd pull them out, we'd put the fax back in again, um, which seems absolutely insane and I could imagine any younger listeners. Yeah, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> what is she talking about? Um, but obviously and from there technology just grew and grew and grew. So the turnaround on, you know, what people's expectations were has escalated. I think we can all relate to that demand of emails and that someone hits send and therefore it's, you know, instantaneous that it's in our inbox, but that doesn't mean we're absolutely able to get to that straight away. Um, and I guess in the creative space for us, it's also, um, you know, and you'd be able to relate to this, Liz, being a photographer, is you work really, really hard as a creative to prove your worth, to um, cement what you do as a professional um, because I think everyone has got that cousin or friend or, um, you know, colleague who is a bit creative, you know, isn't too bad on a camera or isn't too bad, you know, walking up something on, a, on a, a program. And so that's always been a challenge in the creative space is to really have that credibility of what we do. Um, and if you bring the digital era into it, that's just added a whole, you know, numerous layers of challenges because now there's apps and programs and things at your fingertips and eight-year-olds can create videos on the fly. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, it's it's a different landscape. It's, it's different challenges, but I guess it's about always staying true to that quality of message that you want to um, basically deliver. And regionally, um, you know, for small businesses, I do think they sometimes have to work harder depending on where their client base is too, you know. So if their client base is within their community, um, you know, that's a little bit different obviously to, you know, wanting to get to people across the state, across the nation. Um, but I guess understanding, you know, who your audience is, yeah. um, who you are as a brand is really important. But Absolutely not to underestimate traditional forms of marketing. Digital has its place. It's never going away, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's getting better, isn't it? It to get rid of some of it. Yeah. Um, but it's never going to go away. But I agree with you. Like I'm a big believer in some of those traditional things. And I think sadly what people have forgotten is they've jumped on the digital bandwagon and completely forgotten about what is what is your, the presence of your shop or your office or your business look like. Um, the the sixty three model Beetle that I still own today is branded up in orange. It's got the red hot blue branding, and we drive that around. And you can guarantee people talk about that. Yes. Um, yes. You know, when you go, if you're speaking at an event, you know, making sure that. You've got presence of brand. So I do things with I know I've been asked to speak at something and someone's going to be taking photos. 
I make sure I wear my boldest branded shirts because in a photo, those logos are going to be then shared across those digital devices. Yes. Traditional form was me with a logo on my shirt um, or a message on my shirt. So we see it time and time again where people have forgotten about that, but it absolutely speaks volumes and it reinforces um, all of the components of your brand. Um, you know, it's, your brand isn't just one-dimensional, you yeah. know, it's, it's three-dimensional. It's, it's every single touch point you can get in front of somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, Jodie, seeing you in a room full of Ozmumpreneurs, we were all like, oh, this journey, she's amazing. She, you walk, you talk, you live your brand and it's amazing. But, okay, so I have two different directions, but I want to really go down the path. Branding can be really hard and people talk about saying, you know, um, it's about getting your messaging right and your client and, you know, you don't actually have to be all vibrant, beautiful Beatles and that to walk and talk your brand. So can you help in that sense? Like what is branding to you and anybody that just can't seem to nail their messaging, what, what do you tell your clients like first up, you know, if they're just heading into that direction of just yeah. can't get their head around what a brand is? Yeah. So people often think of a brand is their logo. Yes. And it's not. So their logo is just that symbol, that mark um, that represents the business. And it might be on a business card or on your uniform or, you know, signage. But your brand is every single component of your business that represents you from the moment someone rings and they, you know, speak to somebody, what's the tone of that person? What's the message? You know, what are they, what vibe are they getting from that? Um, you know, through to your corporate materials, the way staff are dressed, you know, the, the company vehicle, the signage, um, all of those sorts of things make up your brand. So it's not one thing, it's everything. Um, I think where people go wrong with their brand is a couple of areas. One, they're always looking over their shoulder at what their competitor's doing. So while you're looking backwards, you're not going forwards. Yeah, it's, you know, I think the thing is, and you lose confidence, you lose confidence in what you're doing, you start second guessing yourself, Um, you're not focused on where you're headed. So I think what's really important is actually to sit down, whether it's by yourself, whether you've got a business partner, whether it's with your team, and I'm a big, big believer in involving team, empowering team, they are a part of your brand, they are your walking advocates, your billboards, um, so in, involving those people who play a role in your business um, and actually defining, you know, how do we sum up what our offering is, what our business is, you know, and you should be able to do that in a very short sentence and it shouldn't be um, cliché in that, you could attach any other product or service to it. It needs to not only, you know, be a descriptor of of what you do, but it should have the energy of what you're offering. Now, if that's something and you offer yoga or, you know, meditation or something where there's a calmness, not everything, like you said, has to be big, (laughs) bright orange flowers and over the top. If it's about calm and soothing, 
um, then obviously the message should conjure that up. The feeling of it should tell me as soon as I answer the phone, see a brochure, get on their website, any piece of collateral, I should it should actually evoke a feeling within me and that's really important um, and staying then staying true to that not not sidestepping not losing focus so that's the other people part people get wrong is they start off really focused and centered and true and then bit by bit they something flashy over here they decide oh we will jump onto that or someone else might suggest that no this image might look better um, or a colleague took a photo and they're like, oh, throw this in, this is really lovely. And before they know it, they've actually watered down their message and their brand so much that they can't even recognise it. So if they can't, how do they expect potential customers, clients to? So um, it's always about coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back to what is your message, what represents you. You know, what do you feel proud about going out and, and saying? And, you know, we've all heard that elevator pitch. Yeah. Um, but it's really true because if, if, if your team are all saying something different, then, again, it's not consistent, it's not strong, it's not building that um, picture for that potential person to understand. Um, and, and we live and breathe it like the owner, the business owner or the staff live and breathe it, but your audience don't. And they're being bombarded with messages all day, every day. So the more consistent you are to what you're saying, to how you're looking, to um, the vibe, the more people are going to start embracing that or take notice. Yes, I love that so much. What about brand evolution, though? Like, do you think yeah. you have to get on? <laughs> you know, I, I know from experience in terms of my photography, as I am, I niche down, I guess, I think when we start, we do everything. Um, and then as, as our business evolves, sometimes that's where we start to really decide what we want to be doing and we really decide who our clients are. Like, again, working, I've worked with a lot of creatives as well and, we are chasing shiny objects. But I also feel like in the very beginning, sometimes you just don't know what your business is going to look like. Like at the end of the day, we have that goal that, yes, we want to be a creative business. We want to be a photographer. But, you know, we start taking on wedding clients and then we do families and then we do corporate and then we do this and we do that. How do you tell people like with regards to brand evolution? I'm I'm such a big, I, I don't know, I sort of feel like with some people, it's okay to just test where you want to go before you nail in on in on your brand. Like, how do you? What's your response to that? Yeah. So if I if I use Red Hot Blue as an example, so my background was um, pure design and advertising. That's what I studied. Um, so in the early days, a lot of logo design, um, you know, brochures, uh, you know, then all your corporate stationery, those sorts of things. And again, this was a time pre-digital. Uh, and so that was our real focus. But as change in industry, change in landscape, change in environment, the needs of clients can sometimes change. And sometimes before you know it, um, organically you've moved away from where your core focus was. Now, that's not always a bad thing. Um 
but it sometimes can be completely detrimental because while you're focusing on something else because someone's pulled you in this direction and now they've pulled you in that direction and you're just very uh, reactive rather than being proactive in what do I want to do, um, you do need to kind of come back to that centre point and refocus and say, all right, well, we've added these services to our business. Is this where we want to be? Um, is this bringing us joy? Is it profitable? Um, do we feel that we do this really well or have we lost sight of, of where our skill set was? So I think it's okay to grow. I think it's okay to evolve. And, and you know, we did. We started off design advertising. We do everything now from, you know, marketing to the whole digital space, web design, social media management, social media advertising. Um, and even to a point we do event management and that came about because of a large client um, who needed to develop and deliver a charity event um, in a mining town. So it was the um, it was the Marta Foundation and we did this gala, um, it was like Cirque Soleil kind of event on a football field in Murrumbah and flew in acts from Melbourne and, and transformed it to this black tie event. That purely came out of a client that we were working with that needed this delivered and there was no one else that could offer that service. So we actually sat down and went, is this something we feel we can do? And we went, we can. And off the back of that, that opened up opportunity because people saw what we did, so people were coming to us and were like, okay, this is great. So there is definite opportunity with evolution, but I think you do need to come back and focus as to is this right, are we doing it well, is it profitable, um, is there a need for it or should we be focused on other areas? And we, um, I distinctly remember when websites became the flavour of the day, week, month, <laughs> Um, I really resisted for quite some time to go into that space because I actually wanted to wait until I knew we could do it well, then jump on the roundabout that everybody was on and and water down the quality of the brand that we'd worked so hard to build. So timing, I think, is the other thing as well. Yeah. yeah. But there's nothing wrong in, in absolutely owning a niche yeah, and that can work just as successfully for people owning a niche um, as it can being everything to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Has your brand, like your look and feel, evolved over time, or is this like your the way that you look? Like it's I'm going to share the photos on my Instagram, of course, <laughs> Jodie, because she definitely has this this presence. But um, you know, has this evolved, or is it yes. red hot blue looked like this for the whole time? No, it's um, it's always had. I think the thing that I've always um, worked really hard at is the fine line between that quirkiness, um, you know, that left of centre, bold character, and professionalism. So it's a it's a really fine line we walk, and I think though we do it quite well. Yes. Um, but early days, yes, like we've had. Um, so this is our third logo um, in in twenty five years. So there's ah. definitely been evolution. Um, I get asked a lot about the colour orange. So the fact it's called red, hot, blue, but our corporate colours are predominantly orange. Yeah. And that came about oh, possibly a good 15 years ago where initially it was the red, the yellow, the blue. 
And again, re-looking at ourselves as a brand, we, we had matured a lot. So if I go back to that earlier conversation in 2003 where we had real growth because of being recognised through the awards, um, there was real maturity that came about in not just, um, I guess, the business perspective but also that brand and how did we want to be represented. So, again, doing our research, looking at the environment, you know, what were potentially competitors doing, what was happening, um, we decided that, you know what, orange was not a colour being used. Um, funnily enough, it seems to be <laughs> in a lot of places now, but back then it wasn't. So we embarked on orange and the the sort of gradient circle and, and you know, that real bold, punchy colour, and that's been fairly true ever since. So um, obviously... We do practice what we preach with our clients and we do revisit our own advertising campaigns and marketing campaigns to actually decide, you know, what do we need to tweak here? Um, what is it we want to deliver into the marketplace? And like any great advertising campaign, even the, the, the big giants that are out there, people grow tired of things over time. So you do have to revisit, you know, what is it that you're capturing a person's attention with? So. Um, yeah, really important that we we do that. But yeah, we've had some evolution in that time. Um, yeah. Absolutely, we're our biggest critics though, because yeah. it's hard doing work for yourself when there's so many opportunities. But our creative director Scott Turner, he um, he's the powerhouse behind um, you know all of the imagery and, and the the branding and the marketing and that that you see today. Um, he's a bit of a creative genius when it comes to, you know, just bringing, we often laugh about taking all of my thoughts and ideas <laughs> and then actually bringing them to life visually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, um, and that just leads to the point that embracing, like in getting an expert to help you if you're struggling with this, because having a creative brain is not, it's not for everybody. It's not something that everybody can do, do naturally. It's like knowing your numbers. It's not something you can just do naturally. And I find with small business owners that um, they become so good at their their task or their business. So, say you're teaching um, finance or you're a bookkeeper. That doesn't mean that you know how to do branding. Like I think we expect as a business owner, we have to know everything across the board, but it's like even as a photographer, I was a photographer. I wasn't a creative, uh, graphic designer and my branding needed work, you know, like it wasn't just, yeah, just because I have a creative brain in terms of taking photos and seeing a family photo shoot look amazing in the light and everything. It doesn't mean I knew how to do marketing or talk to my customers properly. And, and I think a lot of the time as small business owners, we think we have to know all this stuff. So there's definitely... You know, as you say, people jumping online and they can create a video in 30 seconds. But if you don't know what to do with that video or you don't know the underlying branding behind that and how to communicate your message, then you've Absolutely. lost it. It's, it's a think, waste of time. It's such a great point you make because we see it so often whereby people feel they need to be able to do this. And even to the point we have some clients sit in front of us and feel embarrassed that they can't. And, you know, we'll say to them, why would you think that? You're an engineer. 
Yes. I don't by any means think I can go and, you know, come up with some sort of, um, you know, piece of equipment for the mining sector and feel bad that I can't do that. Why would you expect that you would be able to do your marketing and understand all the all the layers and all of the important aspects that, you know, sort of flow into that to deliver the right message, to deliver the right campaign. So it's really interesting and, again, it kind of feeds back to that earlier conversation where I think that creative space, people just think because it's accessible, yeah. they should be able to do it. But in all honesty, it's probably the thing that they shouldn't be doing more often than not. And... Um, I always say to clients, a brand doesn't erode overnight. It erodes over time. So it may not be that one thing that you did that let your brand down. It might not be the second thing, but you can guarantee as you start bringing in a different tone of voice, a different look, a different graphic, a different colour, a different style, bit by bit by bit, it erodes. And then you're back to square one of having to build up in people's mind who you are. So that's that that's one of the things. And, and from our perspective, we look at the, our attention to detail around those things. We'll see the things that a client wouldn't even give a second thought about. But for us, it's it's all the pieces of the puzzle that come together that give the big picture. Um, and the other point to that is. Um, again, reflecting back on some of the lessons my business mentor taught me all those years ago, is he said to me, and this was when I was, you know, um, wearing many hats, and uh, which the other word for that is control freak. (laughs) (laughs) I have that issue too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And he had to teach me how to delegate. And that's a really tough thing when it's your business and your baby and you're letting go. And I'd have team members come to me and say, Jody, um, we've got, we, we haven't got much to do. And I'd have a pile in front of me and I'd go through it and they'd walk away with one job. Yeah. Um, and I'd still be left with 20. But what he taught me was he said, Jody, if you've got eight hours in your day, how are you best spent? best to spend those hours are you better this was back when I was on the tools are you better off designing and creating and liaising with clients or is your time better off trying to do a bit of admin and dealing with accounts and ordering some stock that needs to be done and I was like no so he said right well then let's look at those eight hours and it's quite amazing when you do start allowing people like you said bringing people into the fold somebody with skills in accounting, somebody with skills in IT. And as a small business, it's scary because you're paying money. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm hemorrhaging out money here and I'm paying this. But what it does give you is those hours back that you can then be billing. So it's when you start looking at things from a different perspective, um, it really does allow for growth within the business and, and marketing is absolutely something that so many businesses think they can do well and think they're saving money but long-term they're doing themselves possibly more harm. Yeah, that's such a good point. So important to really get a, get your head around what, what needs to be done and work on the business and not always in it. That's so true. Yeah, and, and look... None of us have bottomless pits of, of money. Um, if we did, we wouldn't be possibly sitting here <laughs> doing all this thing. But I think it's about um, if, if I had to say, you know, have a logo 
that truly represents your business because that's going to be with you for a long time. It's like when you're deciding on a name for your child. Yes. You don't sort of just go, oh, you know, that'll do. That'll be okay. You, you pour over it. You know, you throw it around, you're back and forth. Does this sit right? Do we like this? How does this sound? What are the short versions of it? Um, because you know that that name is going to be with that person for life. The same with your logo. It should be with you for a long time to come if it's done well. So throwing something together that possibly looks like 20 others out there is not gonna is not gonna serve you well. Um, so having a really good logo to start with that represents your brand, and then looking at what are the most visible um, items that a person is going to see of my business, and then put the dollars into that, and then you can build and build and build from there. Um, okay. Yeah. So you know, really take some time. I think to think about yeah visibility. Of, of how are people going to see me? Am I a business that's working within a location and therefore physical things are going to serve me better? Or am I online and do I need to invest my dollars into doing something really well there? Or am I wanting to attract people in that location to online? Therefore, while the outcome might be online, where your audience is starting is in that physical presence. So what am I doing there, you know? Um, yeah, there's so many considerations, isn't there? It's not just about choosing your favourite colour and running with it. It's so much bigger than that. And yeah. I guess it can be really intimidating in the beginning, like, oh, I'll just choose my favourite colour and then I'll just do that and I'll see how it goes and um, just not you know, but it is so crucial even to getting the ball rolling. Yeah. What do you say to people, though, that they're starting a business and they're just kind of just testing the water? They're not really sure if they're going to go down that path or they're just having a go and they don't really want to pour all that money in because they don't have that long-term vision. Do you really say to people you just get really clear on your goals or how do you, you know, how do you talk to someone that's just really starting out? I think um, I guess if I look at most clients that come into Red Hot Blue or that we work with um, probably have arrived at that place of they um, are dedicated to wanting to move forward. Um, there are a lot of conversations we have during that process where they might have spread their, their um, ideas so thin that we pull them back in, but they are very dedicated to wanting to move forward. They're, they're ready to sort of look at what does my brand look like? What does my marketing look like? But interestingly, the, the process we go through now with clients, and we call it the Lemonade Project, um, and we have a little workbook that we go through with clients, and the whole idea behind the Lemonade Project is came from as a, as a child um, with the neighbourhood kids. There's all these lemons on a tree and um, being an entrepreneur, you know, even at the age of eight or whatever, we, I said, hey, let's squeeze all these lemons and let's set up a lemonade stand. So we had all this product that we made. We had the most amazing-looking lemonade stand, but it was at the end of a no-through road. So we had no customers because nobody knew about our lemonade stand. Um, and at the end of the day, I think we went door to door and sold it to a couple of neighbours that we knew and then we threw it all over ourselves and had some fun. Um, but the moral, I guess, of that story hasn't changed in business is that 
You can have the most incredible product. You can look fantastic. You can be so enthusiastic and dedicated. But if nobody knows what you've got to sell um, or what you've got to promote or offer, then you're not going to have any customers. Um, And so I think, you know, being really firm and dedicated, even if you are testing the waters, you've still obviously arrived at that place for a reason um, because you feel passionate about it, you feel there's an opportunity, it's been a burning desire deep down inside. But I think you do need to have some level of commitment because otherwise I do feel that possibly comes through. Yes. experience that the customer or the client receives. You know, you, you, you want them to feel like this is the best thing and they can't be without it. Um, and, and the clients, this Lemonade project that we work through with clients, it peels back every single layer of their business. And some of these clients are just starting out, but some of them may have been going for 20-odd years and it's incredible by the time we get to the end of it, the clarity that they have because we've pulled all of the layers that have been added that just add confusion, um, that take them away from what that core of, of who they are and what their message is. It's just all been lumped on top. But once you peel all that back, it, you can see them get excited about direction. Yes. Um, yeah, so... I think it is important. It it doesn't mean that you have to go and spend tens of thousands of dollars, but I think it, it just does come back to um, what I said earlier is how are you going to be seen? What's your level of visibility? Because if you're testing the waters and you don't give it a red-hot go, chances are you might fail and chances are you'll feel like, well, it didn't work. Yes. But did it? not work because it wasn't what someone needed or was it because you didn't really put yourself out there properly? Mm, That is so huge and that's such a big wake-up call for a lot of people because especially like people will say, you know, um, fill the market, like fill the gap in the market with your product and everything. And it's one thing to go and design your product and have that there. But as you say, once the first few people have bought it and then, you're like, oh, well, that was crap. Only five people bought it. I don't need to do that. Like it's, But yeah. a lot of the time, it's what you're saying. It's not about the product or the service because my belief is if, if you can sell it once, you can sell it twice. If you can sell it twice, you can sell it 100 times. If you sell it 100 times, you sell it 1,000 times. I fully believe that. But the difference is it's the old lemonade road, you know, like if it's a dead end and people don't know about your product. Absolutely. Um, it's not going to get anywhere. And that's what I found even going to um, from a service based in a small town to then doing an e-commerce store that we wanted to send around Australia. I remember like after the first hundred people had bought pretty much friends and family, like let's be honest. <laughs> I remember sitting there, like I had an amazing product. I knew that I was filling a, mark, a gap. It's amazing. Life. Yeah, it's awesome. And then but I didn't know how to sell these freaking things. I had been in a service-based business in a small town as the only newborn photographer for a long time. So I had that niche market. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I need to talk to the whole of Australia now. Holy, how the hell do I do that? So it wasn't that my product was shit. It was the fact that I didn't know how to get it 
out there into the world. I was sitting on a one-way street, like a dead-end street, as you say. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I actually have to learn marketing now. Hello, light bulb moment. It's so true. And I think the thing we see, um, I guess, more so in this day and age with the digital space and more businesses that open up that are e-com, um, time and time again, we see people come in, they're enthusiastic, they've got this great idea because they've lived and breathed it for the last six months or 12 months as they're planning um, and they want to they want to have an e-com site. So no physical presence. Um, and we say... That's wonderful and that's great you've put the dollars away for the website and the building and the product and all the rest of it. But now you need the dollars to market yourself because, um, and I use this analogy with clients, I say to them, it's like having a, and it's like my lemonade stand (laughs) as a kid, it's like having a business down an alleyway right at the end. There's no signs at the front. There's no direction. There's no marketing anywhere to tell people, hey, if you go down this alley, you'll find this great product. There's nothing. You've just got this brilliant store at the end of that alleyway. No one is going to find you and you will fail. You will close your doors. It's the same online so all of a sudden, you know, and, and I think people often think about, oh, but there's not many people in my space in my region or in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We're talking anywhere now, mm-hmm. um, globally potentially or at least nationally if you're doing, you know, um, business within Australia. Um, so therefore you've got to look at how do I get to that audience? How do I find my people? How do I find where they're hanging out and and get this message to them? Um, Because we've all done the Google search (laughs) and we've all ended up with something that took us down a rabbit hole and we've ended up in a completely different space. So, and, and again, it's a very different perspective and to navigate, a different landscape to navigate to what it might be if you're opening up a physical store. So you can't just necessarily apply the one formula across all. You've got to stop. And, and, and even e-com versus physical, who's your audience? Yeah. What are they wanting? What time of day is it appealing to them? You know, are there, are there things that you could do that make life easier for them? And, yeah, and I think um, also with e-com, we don't have the benefit of that physical presence walking into a shop and someone brightening our day because they've said, good morning, how are you, welcome. Um, You know, we don't have the visual necessarily of what that display looks like as we walk past or the smells and those sorts of things. So we've got to work harder and try and deliver that personality and that essence into those digital experiences. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You just touched on such a good point then. And even the smells and the tactile, being able to pick things up. That is honestly one of the biggest struggles I had with my product when I first launched it because um, we have we had a physical store and if we showed it to anybody that came into our shop, they would buy it. Like there was no questions asked. It's a great product. It was well made. They touched it. They opened it. They un- understood it. But do you think in the beginning, could I get that message across to people? Like I could show them videos, but there's only so much. You've got like a three-second attention span. So it absolutely had to go in 
every message I put out there, it was like the images had to make it, like high-end images with along with, you know, actual um, measurements, like when I put measurements on the websites, things like that. And I think people really take for granted how hard it is to go from, yeah, we're not, people aren't touching it, people are online. How do you get your messaging across? And it's what you're saying, you've got to, Really get dial in on your marketing message yep. and then find new people all the time. And I think sometimes people get caught up, oh, they've got a client, yeah, okay, there's no more left. Yeah, there is, but how do you get out there? How do you get in front of them? And they are there. <laughs> it's just about Absolutely. And how do you make the clients that are your existing clients or customers become raving fans, yeah. advocates of your product. Like that's that that's the key also, you know, like um, putting that time and energy into saying thank yous, rewarding them, making them feel warm and fuzzy and special. You know, we've done over the years, I've lost count how many times we've just done feel good thank yous to clients. Um, it might be that we read you know, that they're celebrating a birthday or they've won an award or there's been a baby born or something like that. And for a long time we were known um, for our cupcake deliveries. Mm -hmm. So we'd, you know, um, (laughs) Grace, who did 15 years with me, she was um, in charge of our accounts. So after my mum finished up and retired, she came on board and worked for 15 years, but she was also our chief cupcake baker. So they were freshly baked by a staff member, done in the red hot. And, again, coming back to that old-school marketing, red hot blue colours, red hot blue branded, a sticker on the box, the red orange ribbon, the little message, just to say thank you. And things like that, they are worth, they're, they're just, you, you can't put a value on them, the worth of those sorts of things. Um, so physically you can do those sorts of, you know, unexpected gifts and gestures but digitally how can you do that same thing and it's all possible it's just about making sure that you're looking at every component of that relationship because that's what we're doing we're kind of building relationships and how often do we go back to a store or rebuy a product because we loved the experience yes we enjoy the product but we love the experience even more so yeah yeah that's that's so true, so true. All right, Jodie, we can talk all day. No. <laughs> I think we have been. <laughs> we might jump off this call and then still talk some more because what you're talking about is so valuable and I love that you've been in business for so long because you have really seen so many evolutions and changes and, you know, your business in the graphics design and the creative agency industry, it's probably been one of the biggest changes because you did go from like the old plug in your fax machine to now everything is in the palm of your hand and it's even getting smaller like our you know everything's on our watch now like it's smaller and smaller and smaller so keeping up with that and staying in business for so long is just such a credit to you Um, you. and walking and talking and being your brand I just love that so much about you as well it's just it's incredible do you have any advice for anybody that's really starting out or you know maybe even if they've been in a couple of years like how any advice for them as a business owner but also from the marketing perspective yeah I think you know, I always come back to just be true to who you are. Um, you know, like at the end of the day, if you're a small business owner, chances are, you know, you've, you've done this through blood, sweat and tears. 
you know, you've you've poured your heart and soul into it. And um, therefore, there's a piece of you that's very much embedded in that business. Um, and I think so just keep remembering why you started, be true to who you are and, you know, um, keep looking forward, you know, keep looking forward. Don't, don't lose heart. Don't be disheartened when things don't go to plan because just as much as we've had some incredible successes and, you know, um, being recognised through awards and, you know, brought on some fantastic clients, um, delivered some amazing events. Um, we've had our tough times too. You know, we've, we've certainly climbed those mountains and paddled those storms. And But I think um, just continuing on and being true to who you are, not losing sight of that is just so important, so important, yeah. I love Dr. Zeus is my favourite all-time um, author. I think it's where my inspiration as a kid came from and I, my 40th birthday party many years ago was Dr. Zeus themed and I was cat in the hat. Yeah. Um, but I love, there's many of his sayings, but I love um, why fit in when you were born to stand out. And that for me is probably a, a big part of who I am and that doesn't mean someone has to be bold and vibrant, but stand out for the reasons that represent you. Yeah, yeah, that's just such a beautiful way to end it. And I'm definitely, the number one thing you've said in this for me is definitely about not looking over your shoulder, just keep going forward. You know, if you get knocked down, just get back up, stay focused on what the ultimate goal is at the end of the day. You know, if it's about having a family, having a successful business, what does success look like for you and head in that direction? And, yeah, mindset is everything 100%, but definitely. And also reaching out if you're not sure about branding or marketing or because you don't have to know this. Like, I mean, you have to know it, but you don't need to be able to do it. No. (laughs) You don't have to be able to do it. That's why there's professionals out there. But, um, yeah, definitely reach out. So where can people reach you, Jodie? Tell me the, the locations. I'm going to put them in the show notes. But where else? Okay. Um, so, you know, website redhotblue.com.au um, is probably the best place and easiest place, but obviously we're on all the social media platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and, yeah, look, we would love to. We I wouldn't be doing this all these years later if I still didn't get absolute joy out of what we do. And for me, the biggest reward and the biggest thrill is when we see a client who's lost their way or unsure, um, never necessarily perhaps jumped into the space of understanding what marketing means. And then by the time they've worked with us, they're so excited about what that next step looks like. And, and that's that's ultimately a big part of uh, what we've always wanted to do is not just do the work, um, which we love, but help actually educate people along the way. Because if you understand why you're doing something, it actually makes more sense. So, um, yeah, we'd love to obviously connect with any of the listeners out there and people that, you know, just need some um, advice on where to from here. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. We could absolutely keep going, but we will finish it. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Lizzie. Uh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. And we will be catching up very soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. In the wind some days. Yes, definitely. <laughs> 
Well, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. I hope these episodes are really helping you towards building a successful business and a life that you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please jump over and leave me a review because that is going to help me get these episodes out to more people. And of course, I love to see you on Instagram. So please tag me at Boss Motive and let me know if these episodes are resonating with you or if there's something that you would love to hear. I look forward to being back in your ear again next week. Thanks again.